Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. As always, I am your host, Mike Murray. Today, we have two special guests. We have our associate head coach at Victor Swim Club, Dan Burke, who moonlights on a lot of episodes with us as we wade through some age group coaching and discussion on development today. And we have from the Sandpipers of Nevada, Jake Desroches. Jake, welcome to the program. Thank you for uh, carving out some time today to talk age group swimming. Sandpipers, they are the hot name in swimming right now for good reason. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing a lot about your coaching philosophy, what you learn from working with great coaches like Michael and Ron uh, and the rest of the staff at Sandpipers. And uh, just to let you guys know, you're going to be inundated with bodies on deck when we have the uh, ASCA World Clinic in Vegas this September. So welcome to the program, Jake. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Uh, happy to be here and uh, chat about swimming. It's, uh, it's what we do. So talking about things is always good. It makes you a better coach in the end. For sure. You know, it's funny. I, I've seen you at Open Water Nationals before, and you and I always have hats and sunglasses on. So it's good to see your full face. Yeah. And I, 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 I've passed like two years. I've had a, a beard, too. So I, I think I, even last summer, I had a beard during the summer. And everyone's like, oh, you look different now. I'm like, I don't have a beard on anymore. It's okay. <laughs> Jake, talk to Dan and I a little bit about the program at Sandpipers and what the philosophy is for the entire team and then how you take that and translate it into coaching the age group athletes. Um, yeah, so I think in the end, uh, we're we across the board in our team from Coach Ron's group to, to even our developmental groups. Uh, we're, we're really focused consistently on, on the IM. Um, and, and we see development in the 200, the 100 and the 200 and the 400 IM as kids get older. Uh, and we see that focus help kids translate to what what they're quote unquote best at or what they like and what they're good at. Um, the, the, the distance freestyle uh, is absolutely certainly a part of being good at the 400 IM. Uh, when, like, when I first started coaching our, our senior level groups here and I had high school boys or hey, you're, you're pretty fast uh, for a 15 year old. But like you're just getting cooked by all these other kids in the 400 IM, and I was like, I, I kind of figured out on my own. Oh, hey guys, if you like don't like losing by that much, you got to get better at the 1500 too. Um, and, and I kind of learned that with, without anyone telling me to, hey Jake, you need to focus more distance swimming for for this type of group. Um, we we don't necessarily, and the younger age groups like train distance swimming um in terms of hey we like we don't have 12 year olds swimming bunches of 500s like anywhere like one for time you know uh once in the year before because it's the first time half the group has swam a 500 in the age group level something like that and when when you do get that kind of you're swimming all the strokes, you're doing kicking and all the strokes, drills and all the strokes, uh, fast swimming and all the strokes, technique oriented swimming and all the strokes. Uh, for, for those younger kids on the team, the, 
the distance freestyle races when they get to a meet you just see them go and they're trying hard and confident about it and it's no difference than a 200 and a 1650 the first time a kid's swimming it's still the longest race they've ever swam uh, and then kind of over time as we see kids make those choices and veer into what they are good or could be good in long term um, is really where like we'll start talking more about hey focusing more on the 200s of stroke and the 400 im or uh, hey we're, let, we're starting to get good at that 1500 what can we do to help that kid um, and that really happens once you get into the, the group level that I coach, which is a senior level group, uh, but does have those, all right, those top 13, 14s within the group. So fair to say that the focus is primarily really on developing that 400 IM, seeing how the athletes progress with it, and then starting to, to challenge them maybe with some distance things as they get better. Yeah, and certainly just uh, uh, part of that being good at the IM is like, hey, we want to race all the different events. Um, and, and when you get uh, a pretty talented 10 or 11-year-old, like, hey, if you're 10 years old and you're racing a 1650 for the first time, like, that's a big deal for a 10-year-old to be, like, be able to do that. And we don't just put every 10 year old, every 11 year old in those swims. We, we got to make sure they're ready. Um, and hey, some of those kids end up being really good at the 1500 when they're 16. Some of them get good at other events and that's fine too. And the kids who are later to enter those distance races might be the ones who are best at it down the line. Um, but it's that same idea of just, uh, we want to race every different event and actually race it. And when the kids learn the differences and the lengths and the strokes, now all of a sudden they know a lot more about each, what's the difference between a hundred fly and a 200 fly? What's the difference between your hundred free and your 1500 free? For some kids, those are really big differences. For others, it's smaller. And that's how we sort of go about helping kids identify their strengths and their weaknesses in those races. From a programmatic level, Jake, are you talking to your 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds about race and race strategy and racing in practice? Um, yeah, so that's a, that idea of racing and practice is really important in our, our top age group groups um, where and the group that I coach our senior elite and senior prime level it's uh we generally will see like eighth graders at the youngest in those groups occasionally we get uh, uh, a seventh grader in there who's just really really good and we know they're ready for it um but but in that eight in our age group um led by uh, chris barber he's our head age group coach and he teaches a lot about just that idea of a consistent race effort in 650s free but all the way up to, hey, a consistent race effort in 12-100s backstroke. And those are very different sets, but we still want to race. And, hey, can I go the same number six times, 12 times? Did I get better from a month ago? Am I going the 650s faster? Uh, and then I think the race strategy 
comes in at, at those younger ages, um, more in the swim meets and, hey, like, this is what you did in practice. Like you did backstroke this fast. I think right now I want you to focus on that 50 backstroke of the 200 IM. Um, and then the next meet, we might talk about the freestyle leg because they had a great backstroke split, but didn't have the wheels at the end. Um, for my group is, and at the senior and national group levels is where we'll see more, like uh, I'd say that specific race strategy happening in practice where like, hey, I mean, an 11 year old, like you tell them this strategy for the 100 free, you could tell them anything three months later, they're gonna be faster because they're two inches taller now. Um, at the senior level and within my group, I focus the, the race kind of the race pace, I guess. Uh, a lot of the times based on that, that 200 of stroke where uh, I, I was on a roll earlier in the year breaststroke um, and then we, uh, we had to back off since uh, a couple of kids were getting some growing just pain and comfort. So, hey, we backed off. We still saw a really good breaststroke, but it was a little different. Um, and now we're kind of back at it where like uh, this afternoon, we, we backed off the breaststroke uh, a little bit because that's what we had to do to keep kids healthy. Um, and kind of building back up now. So to what I would like to consistently do. So, so today I'm, I'm doing a set with the whole group um, of a, a 25 from a dive, a 50 from a push and a 75 from a push. Um, they're all on a one minute interval. And well, after each round, we'll do like a hundred easy on, I don't know, hundred easy and then get back on the blocks. We'll do that four times. But I have everyone's, first 150 of their lifetime best 200 breaststroke written down and that's going to be on the board and hey like especially because we're going at 25 and then a 50 and we're not doing like 75s or 100s like you gotta go everything you got to be beating your first 150 time um i think about things a, a lot like that we'll also do I like uh, using the 400 IM for, for backstrokes um, generally because, hey, like, yeah, the, the good backstrokers have a really good 200 backstroke time. And even kids who are like pretty good at backstrokes, but they're better at the IM, that 100 back and that 400 IM is going to be as fast or faster than their best second 100 pace. So we'll sure. talk about, hey, 10 100s backstroke on two minutes was a set we did last week. And we want all 10 to be faster than your 400 IM backstroke split. Um, and you do things like that enough, and then all of a sudden they go faster at the end of the season, right? Um, but when it comes to that, hey, in the season, we might swim that 400 IM the week after you do those 10 ones, and your backstroke split is way different than you did for 10 100s. So now comes the technique coaching, the effort coaching, the turns, like all those little things, like what changed in practice for you to go that fast? And now we can't do it in the 400 IM or the 200 IM. Well, coach, maybe I swam a really good 100 fly. Yeah, certainly we run into that problem all the time. A kid pumps that 100 fly and then they back off the backstroke. Uh, that, that's pretty predictable. 
And, and that's where, hey, the conversation with the kid about the specific race and, okay, at the end of the summer, the end of the seat, short course season, can you go the same fly time and like be in control and now go faster the rest of the race? Um, but beyond me, when you get into which Michael or, or Ron's group, the, uh, and for any swimmer, as you get older, like, I mean, we take a look at what college programs are doing. And for the most part, they're very dialed in on the pacing, the splits, and like that idea of, hey, when you're in the age group group here, my group kind of introduced to what speeds you do in a race and try to match that. But as you get older, it gets harder to get better. So like dialing in a little bit more and more and more every step of the way is kind of how, how we build into a kid having their best swim when they're 18 years old. Sure. A lot of great information in there, Jake, and I want to unpack some of it because you got my mind turning, not mm -hmm. only because I wanted to steal that 50 or that 25, 50, 100 set. I like it's a, that. It's a good one. It's a good one for breaststroke and butterfly. Sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that sometimes you have some of the better seventh and eighth graders join your group. And you said the phrase, I believe you said, because we know that they're ready. Give me an example uh, or a hypothetical of some of the conversations that you might have with a parent and athlete when, when they are ready to step up and, and how do you kind of counsel them through that? Um, I mean, and hey, I say we know that they're ready. We make like wrong decisions too. Um, and we've had it where it's like, hey, we should have held that kid back for another year and it probably would have worked out better now. But at the time, um, that idea of being ready, um, kind of, I, I think, I think the number one thing that really I, most swim coaches look for is like, hey, is this swimmer out training their group? And at, especially in that seventh grade age, like a lot of changes happens for that kid from 12 to 13. Um, and even a kid who at the beginning of the year were like, no, like absolutely not. They weren't ready. We might be saying in March, oh, hey, they're ready now. Um, we still generally aren't going to move that kid up in the middle of the year. Uh, just because that's just what we do. I, I think uh, it's done, but we, we always make exceptions when, when they're needed. But like that change that can occur. Well, now, hey, that kid who was really good, but hey they weren't training consistently we didn't know if, like how much they wanted to go to practice every day uh are they swimming one meet great and then the next meet they're in a bad mood because they have to be at the swim meet when they want to do something else and they tank or like all of those kind of mental just observations that we try to make as coaches um are really important for moving up that that kid is like younger than the group average uh, because certainly the, the social situation of a kid being younger than everyone else has a big impact on what they do and a lot of the times it's probably better to keep them with that social class than move them up hey, they're on the fence. Like, that's not going to help a kid to move into a group with no friends, no one they're at in school with, 
and all of that when we're trying to get them to like make that kind of next step on their own and be ready to go and want to do this. For sure. And how are those conversations happening with the parents? Um, the, like, the most important ones are, are just the conversations you have with parents throughout the year um, and learning more about the family and about the swimmer and what they do. Um, I personally, I, I try to watch um, our, our two top level age group groups. I try to, when they're practicing overlaps with mine, I try to watch them at the end, talk with their coaches, say hi to the kids, uh, whatever, stick my tongue out at them and make fun of them on the wall, uh, just to kind of build that relationship already. Cause hey, even if they don't move into my group, uh, there's a chance, whatever, their coach isn't at the swim meet and I'm coaching them. And I want to know that kid. Um, the, the conversation with parents is, is a lot of, like, in that move up specific process, it's a lot of education on, hey, here's what, uh, and I, I try to do this as little as possible with kids who aren't in my group yet. Um, so that way their current coach is doing it. But Hey, okay. What's the difference between age group swimming and senior swimming? Okay, uh, during the school year, you have to go to to one morning practice a week. Okay, uh, it, you all on the East Coast, and I'm sure coaches listen to me on the East Coast. One morning a week—that's nothing. I mean, I grew up in, and I swam at four thirty to six fifteen every morning before school, uh, from when I was ten or something. Uh, we don't have that out here. The schools start pretty early for the most part. Uh, so really no one, we never have kind of our age group program swimming in the morning during the school year. So, Hey, we got one morning practice a week and, and it's long course. So we think it's really important. So we want that to be the highest attended practice in this group. Uh, uh it certainly is hard, uh, things happen, but we want that to be kind of a big thing. Uh, after that it's, Hey, overall, it's a little bit more of a time commitment. Okay, uh, we're gonna have two hours from practices more often than not. We introduce more dry land, uh, a lot more dry land at this level, basically every day, 30 minutes to 60 minutes. Uh, and if a family like, hey, like, I, I don't know if I wanna do all of that. Uh, say that, say they're questioning that, it's like, hey, like, at the end of the day, you really don't have an option to, like, to do that. If you really don't want to, like we have other groups that aren't swimming in the morning, but your kid doesn't want to be in that group. Like your kid wants to be in this group with your friends and teammates that they're racing with right now. And hey, we, we just need to figure it out together. Um, so I think something like that swimming or swim families across the country do really well. It's like, Hey, figure out carpools for other families. Like that is so huge. And like, I mean, I watched today after morning practice, I watched a dad pick up four different kids this afternoon. It's going to be a different parent picking up those four kids and, and just finding a way to, to make those scheduling difficulties work, um, communicating, Hey, we're going out of town. 
okay, tell me a month beforehand. Don't tell me the day before. Uh, that sort of thing. So I can plan. Uh, and and the, the mindset of age group swimming to senior swimming that, that I really try to teach and coach is the swimming has got to be like all the kids. Um, I'm not coaching mom and dad for 20 hours a week. Uh, I'm coaching you in front of me. So like, hey, like, yeah, certainly when you're 13, you don't drive a car yet. So coach, I can't come to practice because my mom's at work and she's getting off late. Okay, like, thank you. I want the kid to tell me that. I don't want the mom to text me that mm -hmm. uh, because now the kid is saying, hey, I, I want to be there. I can't, this happens. Like, I understand that. Um, and we think like when that kid goes to college, mm -hmm. now the kid knows how to talk to their college coach, hopefully, um, and communicate coach. I have finals this time, this day, I'm going to whatever miss morning practice, but I'm coming in after my final to do the workout. Uh, those types of things are, are the, are the hardest part of that kind of level up of it's gotta be more from the kid. They've taken responsibility for it, working on the communication uh planning hey i'm gonna miss this meet because we go out of town every year okay like i need to know that so i can get you in different events at different meets along the way um and, and overall that and that's uh an ongoing process and i try to i try to within the different kind of ages of my group kind of level up like an eighth grader at the start of the year I'm going to deal with and allow the parents to email me and text me minor things like that more often. And hopefully by the summertime, coach, I'm missing practice. We're having family dinner tonight. That's coming from the kid by that point. And then ninth graders need to do more and so on. I love it. And, you know, it, it really shows in the way that your team acts and presents themselves at meets, whether I've seen you guys on deck at nationals or um, you know, at, at open water nationals, the Sandpipers parents had a tent. They were all out in force. They had teammates when they finished staying in the water, cheering for their teammates to finish. So how important is culture to you at Sandpipers and what are some things that you guys do to build it? Um, so, uh, like when it comes down to it, uh, I think, so prior to COVID and and Erica had a, a really good shot of making the team in 2020. And um, those other girls were swimming in Coach Ron's group, like for the first year. Uh, Katie and Bella had, had just gotten their Olympic trial cuts or something. Um, we, we had a kind of an informal staff meeting at, at one of the meets where Ron was talking about like, hey, like all of you all, talking every now and then to Erica and just keeping her on the track is going to make a difference for her. And that idea of like, Hey, it takes a village to do something really special. Um, our families and kids, I think, I think we know this, we know it, like coaches know it. I think now more people understand it after what happened last summer. Uh, but the like culture as simple as a, a team uniform 
we try we at the senior level and up we we really want kids to to be looking the part uh it doesn't always happen but hey if you're not wearing the the green the the white shirt on saturday that everyone else is wearing you're wearing another sandpiper shirt because you made the white one dirty or whatever um things like that the 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 meat culture is certainly important and that's just like every swim coach does it and i think we all need to do it more it's like hey you need to watch your teammates you need to be on the side of the pool when your teammates are swimming you're when you get done with your relay swim you are taking a couple deep breaths and then yelling louder than anyone else um and, and encouraging that so that way when it comes down to it, the kids know like i'm not alone uh, where hey they at a championship meet they might be the only sandpiper in that heat whatever but you, you have people behind you who like we want you to do really well and they're going to help you do really well but also understand like hey you have a bad race your teammates are still behind you uh, that changes things for kids when when they know that no matter what happens like I have a, a family of people here who, who are here for me for the same reasons that I am mm -hmm. um, I love that, Jake. And, and that's something that I think, you know, you guys right now have the market cornered on nationally. I mean, it, it was a spectacle at Open Water Nationals for those couple days watching you guys support each other. And like I said, you know, some parents with feet in the water cheering. Uh, it was really cool to see. Um, and it was neat to see you guys there in full. You know, we, we were there with with athletes that we were very proud of. But to have you know, 10 or 15 athletes in a national level meet like that uh, for open water, especially was really mm -hmm. neat. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, for, for coaches who coach similar kids to me, uh, like I, and this is something I, I just do really poorly, like making my kids watch the older kids is so important. And I like after every after every swim i'm just like oh crap like i needed to have this kid watch that 200 breaststroke and i didn't do it um to see what we're talking about of hey what you can do in three years from now mm -hmm. um, uh watching races uh when, when we travel to meets uh like being in las vegas okay we're, we're part of southern california swimming but we're three and a half hours away from southern california so local meets in Las Vegas are, are very local. There's, there's whatever, 12, I think 1,200 kids in Las Vegas area swimming. Um, probably a little more now. I think that was right after COVID ended. We were down to 1,200. Uh, but so you get like kids know their competition. They go to schools with kids on other teams, all of that. But, but it's very local. So when we get to go out of town and we're at a prelim final meet or an invitational meet that idea of hey being a team and supporting your teammates is really important because we're swimming all these people who we don't know and we're already kind of out of that comfort zone of mm -hmm. las vegas no matter where we go even if it's the same meet we went to last year it's still a big change for our kids and having that team and kids are sitting together in the team area uh like 
like I, I have to, I've had to yell at kids in my group and be like, hey, you need to move from this friend circle over here and go to our group area right now at this meet. Like, uh, I'm going to let you sit over there tomorrow. Today, I need you all together or something like that. Uh, when we go out of town, we try to get everyone in one area, but we can't really do that at a local meet when whatever, we have 200 kids total in the meet. Uh, let's, we're not putting 200 kids in one spot. All right, this group's there, this group's there, whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but be a part of the team and, and be with your group mates, I think is really important to, to developing that. Hey, when I'm swimming that relay against the guy I know is better than me, this guy behind me has my back type of mindset. Mm -hmm. I love it. What are some conversations, Jake, that, that you and the staff at Sandpipers have with that uh, I don't want to say typical, but that teenager who thinks they're too cool for team cheers or thinks they're too cool to act like a great teammate at meets. What are some of the conversations you might have with that athlete? Um, it's uh, the, oh, uh, like everything, it depends on, on that kid. Um, I, I tend to believe that, hey, at, at 13, 14, 15 years old, uh, even if the kid doesn't like want to do those things, I tend to believe like, hey, I've got to force the kid to do it and like that fake it till you make it concept. And a, a certain percentage of those kids will, will learn that, hey, I, I like this in the end. Uh, a certain percentage won't. And okay, like, Forcing that kid to do something that they just hate isn't going to work. Um, but how do I keep them involved? Okay, like a, a team cheer. Like you, you got to be there. You don't have to yell the loudest if that's not who you are. Uh, but you have to show up. Uh, you, fine. You're never. You're not going to yell. Like you don't like that kid and you're not going to yell and go crazy cheering for him, but you're going to stand behind the lane. That's awesome. Like you're still my teammate. And if a kid at least gets that part, like that's more so than turning your back and ignoring another teammate, even if you don't like them and hate them. Um, mm. After like if I coach older kids, that's uh, like that forcing them to do something that's obviously it just doesn't work after a certain point and they've been forced to do it and it didn't get work out so hey be a part of the team be there show up like i'm not gonna get on you because you weren't yelling loud enough type of thinking uh so supporting kids and other groups i think is something that's also important too if uh you you've got multiple sites or a younger group to an older group uh like when, when i go to uh like this spring we went to southern california swimming jos my kids are the oldest kids there from our team so no matter what the younger kids are looking at my kids no matter what whether they want it or not whether they're having a good meet or not whatever like the younger kids will always look up to in some way, shape, or form, those older mm -hmm. kids. So making sure kids at that 13-year-old, 14-year-old level, like know that, hey, this 11-year-old, if they see you throw your wrapper on the ground, they're going to throw their wrapper on the ground. Um, if they see you picking it up, 
they're probably going to pick their own step up. And then the same way, hey, you're 14. That's the only time that's going to happen to you right now. In the summer, hey, you're going to meet with the kids in these upper level groups. And now you're the one looking up to them. And that type of, hey, we got to, the kids have to teach themselves and teach the younger kids and support the younger kids or support a kid in a different group. Training group is, um, uh, is what, when we can get really special things happening at meets with kids from three or four different groups on relays together, cheering for each other and seeing that kind of connection across the team, that's not going to happen every day. For sure. For sure. You know, Jake, I think a lot of people, when they think about sandpipers and they see the, the types of athletes that made this last Olympic team, the easy thing to do would be to pigeonhole or categorize sandpipers as a distance program. Uh, forgetting about the fact that, you know, you have the athletes like Cody Miller, who came out of the program, Bo Becker, uh, you know, athletes who can sprint. Uh, talk to us about some of the myths that are out there about Sandpiper and what's actually happening. And, and there is a, a part of Sandpiper that does embrace the, the distance training. Absolutely. Um, like, so uh, I'll go kind of backwards, like, hey, at the end of the day, we're putting kids in their best events at a championship meet. We're not just, hey, like you're on our team, you're swimming the 1500 and 400 IM at the end of the summer. If that's bad for the kid, no one's going to do that. Um, I think if you look at, uh, if you look at the events, Katie Grimes and Bella Sims swim, like they, they're not swimming the 1500 every time. They're not swimming the 800 every time. They might not swim the 400 IM every time. Uh, we're, we're trying to do what's best for the kid and the context of our entire program. Um, that said, hey, like, yeah, you might not be in the 1500 at the end of the summer, but you're going to swim it at the beginning of the summer at our local invite meet. And, oh, you dropped a minute from last summer. Great. I don't have to put you in it again now. Or, oh, you didn't drop a minute from last summer. You're swimming it in July. Like uh -huh. uh, the, the, the distance or uh, I think I think I said uh, earlier this week to another coach, like, Hey, we, people might think we just swim a lot and do the old school type of training and just swim and swim a lot of freestyle. Um, like we certainly training and swimming and planning the volumes is certainly important, but like, because we might swim a lot and have a higher volume, we're also able to swim a lot of fast stuff. Uh, like, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of race pace yards happening in my group. Um, it just, some of that might be the 1500 race pace or the 500 race pace where other teams might not even uh, allow, like think about those and that's fine. Uh, but the, think just the general idea that people might have is like hey we just do crazy things all the time uh like certainly we like we do do some crazy things that are i think are really special when it comes down to it um but you don't do that every day every practice like you, you can't 
do 10 500s freestyle every day and have kids like kids don't like doing that kids don't like doing Mm -hmm. that i don't like watching it like i mean i think a good example so yesterday um i I ran a a really just kind of like hey this is an old school type of set backstroke okay we did three five hundreds three four hundreds three three hundreds three two hundreds three one hundreds all descend one to three and like hey hopefully your four hundreds are a little faster than your five hundreds and so on um but yeah we did that this week but we we did that once this entire year year and we did that this week because last week we did 10 100s on two minutes for our main backstroke focus um and just making sure like like we're, we're training for every event uh we like some of the work our kids do in, in the gym is, is really 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 special i think um and i think like that type of thing shows like you, you've got katie grimes and bella sims having the fastest reaction times consistently at, at major meets and like faster than some of the men sometimes like wow uh that doesn't happen if all we do is 10 500s free or whatever three 400s i am and three 500s free two rounds descend uh you got it you got to do it all to be able to swim it all i think and even if hey you're not a breaststroker you still still wanting to get better at breaststroke and training the breaststroke and the sprint breaststroke and the long breaststroke that's how you put together those 400s IM at the end of the season or how you put together your 200 prime stroke. Like, hey, you remember your 200 breaststroke where you did this really weird thing on the last 50? Like, swim your last 50 backstroke like that. <clears throat> fine. Uh, I think that type, that type of approach of hitting the variety and the focus is on the – the quality work and the speed uh, people say quality. I, I think everything we do is high quality uh-huh. or else I wouldn't do it again. Um, but that focus on the speed is what is what I think is special. That's in, in the context of certainly higher volumes than many people, but we're not just swimming freestyle for two hours, 10 times a week. Right. Now, Jake, how long are your practices usually? I mean, from age group all the way through your, your I mean, even um, distance swimmers, are, are they doing more than your your mid D and in the senior group, that kind of stuff? Um, so we, we try to have it and we're, we're very privileged to be able to set our team up this way. Okay, one, because uh, pool time in Las Vegas and Clark County is still hard to come by. Um, like no new pools have opened up that are available to swim teams since like 2003. Right. So yeah. So, so that's still happening. Uh-huh. But we try to make sure that, that every group level can, is able to go up and the total amount of training hours offered in a week um, at, uh, at our senior level and up uh, the two hour practices are certainly uh, the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. My group, hey, we have an hour and a half practice and irregularly, but like, hey, like you have to go an hour and a half today, or else our ten and under group is only swimming for forty-five minutes. Like, right? You got, you got to do things like that. Um, 
But at the senior level, two-hour practices are pretty standard. We, we rarely go beyond that. Um, uh, like three-hour. I've had several three-hour practices because I'm doing dry land an hour early and like the group in front of me got out early. So I get them in the water and we, we do more drills or dives and things like that. Yeah. Um, and just making sure that when a kid goes from one group to the next, they're getting a little more um, is how we kind of plan that total hours. And whether that, hey, it's a two hour practice one day, hour and a half the other, we're alternating and you get this many hours in a week or you have less practices and they're all two hours and you get the same number. Um, yeah. that, that's how we tend to think of things. Cool. That's really cool how you guys have a little bit of wiggle room in terms of being creative and you know you mentioned you're fortunate to have some exclusive exclusivity with your training um, at those higher level groups i know uh, ron has a lot of flexibility with that top level group and with what he can do um, i want to continue to talk a little bit about the, the programmatic philosophy of training at sandpipers because so many people are interested in it you know, it, it hasn't been since the, the 70s and 80s where a club team with 18 and under athletes are making an Olympic team roster. And so what are some of the things that you've observed, Jake, that you think uh, help to create that level of excellence in practice? Um, I think that really at, on the whole, like uh, our that that's when I go back to kind of what I said earlier, like our, our age group program um, and head age group coach, Chris Barber are like teaching that work and that racing and practice as, Hey, this is important to use swimming fast at the meets. Um, and at, at the upper level, like, Hey, kid, like sometimes that can be bad. Um, and sometimes that can be good if the kids are, are getting too much out of one another in terms of, of that racing or um, a kid saying, like, you're going too fast. Don't try now because I don't want to try anymore. Like, like that type of stuff is certainly bad. But uh, I think like what I what in terms of what I do, like getting kids that transition from you're just an age group swimmer to, hey, now you're making that choice of I really like swimming. I want to get really good before you go on is um, like you want to be racing the people next to you. Uh, I, I think a, a lot of what I do is uh, I think I've gotten to the relationships to the point where I can do this with most of my kids. It's like, like calling them out and like, Hey, that guy over there just beat you and we're swimming backstroke right now. And I don't like to see him beating you backstroke, but then I'll also go back to that other kid who just won and be like, do not let him beat you again. Cause he's trying now. Cause I just called him out. And, and now we get that competitive atmosphere. And generally when I do things that way, like I work both kids, like, the one, the kid who I called out first because he's the best backstroker or something is like, yeah, coach, it's really good. He's swimming fast today. <laughs> like, 
rather than he's like rather than that kid making an excuse now of all oh, i'm going slow because of this he's like oh that kid's doing really good like okay i'm gonna mm-hmm. try sure uh and i get that i shouldn't lose to him every time uh and creating that type of competitiveness with one another and also like i want to beat the people that are better than me and i don't want to let the people that i'm better than beat me while still i'm friends with both of those kids like that's still just so important because again like i i I think relays are a really good example at the end of the day those three kids who were battling and whatever oh you went slow on that one like you didn't try you're doing this you're doing that at the end of the day those three kids are getting on blocks behind one another and are going to have to do something for the team um so making that kind of competition fun is important mm-hmm. i think we uh we we as coaches a lot on our team at, at in our performance oriented groups uh like something as simple as organizing the lanes, which I say it's simple. Sometimes it's not simple. And like, I'm freaking out about which kid should be in what heat of this race or whatever we're doing. We're about to do that today when we get to practice. Yeah. Like reorganizing the lanes to make sure my two best breaststrokers are going head to head. And then the one guy who I'm trying to develop is also going. Mm -hmm. So that guy's got to fight for his life to even get be close and like hey that day where that kid beats him on one like, let's go um and, and those two other guys are generally like yeah come on come on like you you can race with me for a 50 of this 100 at least or something like that like they're gonna get them when they get them but creating that competitiveness at the same time as like we're all in this together uh i think is how we do that that's awesome, man. And, you know, what I think that does is, you know, success creates expectations, right? And that that's a two-sided sword as well, because mm-hmm. parents can misunderstand like, oh, this is the program that just put, you know, four or five kids in the Olympic team, some of which are still in high school. This is direction my son or my daughter uh, or my child w- will take as well. So, how do you manage some of those personalities and a lot of, you know, fortunate or unfortunate, the, the Insta fame of the swimmers on your team? Um, yeah, I mean, so, so that's re- obviously really tough. Um, uh, for me, at least, uh, I have the problem of like my kids and hey, maybe their parents too like they don't think of their kids as good as I think they are so like that's a good problem to have like that's an easier one to manage sure. um, like uh, right now I'm kind of having some some summer goal goal meetings with my swimmers and setting goal times and this and that and I'm just like like sure sure that's the best time but like that's not good like you need to make this harder uh hearing some hearing a kid like uh the the boy who's in the the headline photo stuff um he's like well these times are really scary i'm like yeah like you're really good now like we we have to think that way and like you're okay that they're scary right 
um, or teaching that to the kids, like uh, on that one side of, hey, it's okay to set these really big goals. And like, I want you to set goals that are so hard that when you don't get there, you're going to be really happy because it's still a phenomenal swim, a great race. You did all this change your technique. You did all this work and practice, whatever. And you had that great race. The time at the end of the day is the number on the scoreboard, I think, in these situations where like, yeah, you're 14, uh, 14 year old boy. You better be faster when you're 16. Like you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end of that, the hey, I, I think uh, my kid can do this, this and this. Um, and I, I might not see that. Or, or believe that it's possible in the end. Like, I mean, how good is anyone at believing someone can become an Olympian? Like, that's a really hard, like, if you're looking at a 12 year old, oh, that kid's an Olympian potential. Like, that's a hard thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it comes down to that, that same process of, hey, like, I wanted, I, I think I'm this good, or I think my son, or I think my daughter can be this good okay, like, I'm going to do everything I can to help them get there. And like, I don't, I try not to limit my belief in what a, a kid is capable of. Um, I, I, I certainly do. I think we all do. And like, oh, this kid's only ever going to do this. Um, but, but I try to like, not set a, a limit on what the number is. Um, and then it's like, okay, if you want to do that, how are we going to get there? Right now, you're whatever at 220 200 freestyler at 13 years old hey, that's that's not slow for boys or, or girls i don't think uh-huh. um, but if you want to go two minutes when you're 16 okay we, we let let's get halfway there this year how do we get to 210 or like if you're just trying to say i'm going to drop 10 seconds and 100 free um at any age that's really hard uh let's take those steps along the way and we're going to end up somewhere way better than we started. We might not end up at whatever time this year, but how close can we get or what can we do in two years before you move up to the next group? Can you improve your, your weak stroke enough to have the potential to do that? Say whatever that backstroke split that you need to go to make the math work for your goal time. Mm -hmm. Um, that type of thing i'm it's, it's the same on either end like here's a big goal and we want to work backwards from there and just right now we're here so let's get to here before we talk about here first um i, th- I think that's the, the best way that i tend to think of things is like all right we're this is where we're at right now this is where you want to go mm-hmm. let's get to this point b in the middle then c then d and then see what happens in a year I love it, Jake. One of the big questions I think a lot of coaches have when they watch the success of Sandpipers over the last year is, okay, we just did something pretty remarkable. As coaches, we tend to think when we do something, all right, we've got to reinvent this again for three years from now. And then we're going to have even more people make the team. And then another three years. How do you guys manage setting new goals for the team, new goals for the program, and, and take the success as uh, 
satisfaction for all of your hard work, understanding that it's a, it's a relatively rare thing to do, and then not hold yourself so harshly accountable if you're not putting that many kids in the next team. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's a big one. Um, uh, so, so after 2016, um, the, the team goal was, was 20 and 20. So to have 20 Olympic trial qualifiers by 2020. Um, and I, I can't remember how many we had in 16, like eight, 12, I don't know, not even close to 20, mm-hmm. uh, but our, our team was growing. Okay. Uh, we had this number of kids at a certain level in the pipeline. And it's like, well, if these kids who have their cuts in 16, keep swimming and get them and get them again in the 2020 period, Hey, even though they're in college, uh, that's still a sandpiper. They're an alumni, but they're still a sandpiper. And then we have this new class of kids coming up. Uh, okay, well, it's possible. Uh, but uh, like, w- would we consider ourselves failures if, as a team if we don't have three Olympians in 2024? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think what we do probably better than most people is even though we're really serious uh, about most things that we do we're we're also just a a bunch of idiots and like 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 making jokes like hey coach ron like you only got two olympians in 2024 are you any good anymore like he's he's gonna be the one making that he's gonna be the one making that joke to me on like a text message like i only got two kids i'm terrible like should I retire? Um, we, we keep that, that joking atmosphere at the same time uh, of being a high pressure, high performance uh, organization. And I, I think probably the best joke that, that we have, um, like Coach Ron has, is just like the question, like, is that good? Um, like, hey, like, dude, Coach I Ron. I can hear him my- say that. My, my kid just dropped 10 seconds and it's 200 fly in three months. And you're asking me, is that good? And I'm like, no, it's like, it's not like, no, it's not fine. He's going to be faster next year. Yeah. Like, like that type of thing. Um, but the, like, how do we get more kids on an Olympic team in 2024? Um, I, I think comes down to kind of what you're saying. And like, we, we don't want to, reinvent any wheels um we i think as a team and as a coaching staff like we try to find the things that work well and we do them and we repeat it until they stop working um like i i think for me um i i try to learn as much as possible and try out new things uh and a, a lot of the times the idea that I had is bad and we don't do that set again, or we don't do that drill again or whatever, but some of the times it works out really, really well. Um, like the breaststroke drills I'm having my kids do right now. We weren't doing any of these drills in the fall and the drills I was doing in the fall. I'm not doing right now. Cause I think these are better. Uh, and, and being willing to do that and like test and experiment, but like 
you, you've got to cut those losses when something isn't working and go back to what's worked for you in the past, what you're confident in as a coach, especially like you, you got to be confident in what you're asking kids to do and like believe in the work that you're asking them. Um, and just keep testing those things. And when you go past a certain point and it stopped working, you got to back off. For sure. For sure. And we'll have to do another coach's corner on some of these drills because we'd be interested in, in hearing some mm -hmm. of them. Uh, last question, Jake, you know, as somebody who promotes the sport on social media as much as I can and in a positive light, you do the same thing. Talk to me about USA distance revolution. Um, yeah. So I, I think it, I started that, um, which, uh, uh, swimmers, you shouldn't go to bars ever. I think I started it, um, at a bar when we were joking about like the butterfly revolution group, mm -hmm. uh, which I think like it had some very valuable stuff going on in it, but it just like got neglected and then whatever a bunch of spammers and stuff and it like just became not it just wasn't alive anymore i think yep. would be the way to say it so we were joking about that um and like uh, i think i was i think i was reading and going through like the asca distance school like the history of just like those things are, are really cool um just to see what's happened in 50 years of swimming um and like hey the, the main swim coaches idea exchange is great but and I, I still think it's great but there's a lot going on and you're telling me man yeah like there's a lot going on like i mean from anything from eight and unders to master swimmers to different strokes to high school swimming to political stuff obviously is blown up <laughs> happening in the past couple of years like there's a lot going on and just that distance revolution Facebook page of like, I think uh, like Jay Chambers from USA Swimming called us out on it. It's like, hey, like it's really cool that we're sharing all these workouts. But like, can we actually talk about it sometimes? And what do we need to do and change as a culture uh, or teams? Or how do I get kids to enter these events so they don't want to for the first time? Uh, just to have that specific focus spot, uh, I think is really important. Uh, I think, I think as coaches, um, and where I think at my position, okay, I'm 31, uh, I've been coaching like summer league and things like that since I was 14. So I know that I feel like I know the technique and how to teach kids how to swim and things like that. But the year long program design, what's good, what's bad, like, I don't give like it's how, how often does a coach get a feed, get feedback on a workout from a coach on another team or a coach across the country. And that's where I think we can all learn a lot more of if, Hey, I, uh, this coach who's really good at 14 year old breaststrokers being like, dude, Jake, I, I've done this. It sucks. Like I would love that. Because I don't know until someone tells me that or until I hit that wall, we're like, oh, it does suck. And then I got to change something. Um, I think that just for the general, and it's not just distance freestyle we talked about in there, like we talked about IM uh, and more that 
distance-based swimming philosophy of like, hey, you can have really great sprinters come out of a team like uh, Cody Miller and Bo Becker, like you mentioned, some really, really great sprinters come out of the team who is known for the distance swimming. And I think building in the end, in the end, I think if, uh, I, I think it would be harder, a lot of the teams that do the shorter the pace oriented stuff all the time. I think that's harder than what we do. Um, like, uh, I, I've seen some, some really special teams to do things like that. I, I visited uh, machine aquatics a handful of times there, they're in the Northern Virginia area where I grew up and I'm just like watching their practices and like, like they train really hard and it's certainly people might think of them as a sprinty team. They do a lot of good qual. They do a lot of work. And I'm like watching them like, wow, like that would be way harder for me to do than what I'm doing right now. I like, can get kids to swim as fast as they are. Um, That's I think, a great you know, point. That's a great work. We are, we are in the midst yeah, of trying a lot of new things. Yeah. And uh, you know, we still have our, our longer people doing the things that we've traditionally done because they love it and they can handle it. And then we're evolving on the other end. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that Dan Jacobs has a lot of great stuff that I like to follow. And, uh, you know, that that's cool. And it's good to see that, you know, you're thinking of having that mix too. Mm -hmm. um, and just as like, it would be great if we could have a, a, a sprinting revolution because like I would certainly be learning a lot in there too, where, hey, we have just like, this one kind of focused area. Um, and like, I think at the end of the day, I think more often than not, kids can learn to enjoy and appreciate distance training and swimming and races that then we put them out to be like, yeah, hey, you don't have to swim the 1500 every, every meet. But when you go, I wanna see you go. Because you know that having that really hard 1500 is going to help you and your 200 IM at the end of the summer. You're going to be more confident. You're going to know you can close that last 50, whatever it is. And that type of approach to things, I think, would help a lot of kids. And being, being strong and ready on the last day of a meet. I mean, that's yeah. what I love about Absolutely. that training. Uh, Jake, this has been awesome today and, you know, we'll love to do a follow-up episode, but how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about your philosophy and what you do? Um, yeah, absolutely. So my email is USA swim coach, Jake, J A K E at gmail.com. Uh, you can send me an email, USA swim coach, Jake, uh, on, uh, Facebook, uh, that USA distance revolution. Facebook group. And then my, my Instagram is also USA Swim Coach Jake. You can add me there, message me, um, and we'll get in touch. Uh, I will say uh, I don't like emails. So uh, I might be slow to get back to you, but I will get back to you. Uh, but messaging me on Instagram is generally a, a little easier. Joining that distance revolution group and asking questions. Um, I think like we have a lot of like really experienced and I think this is a great example too. Like we have a lot of really experienced and, and talented coaches in that group. And I think even those guys who've been doing it longer than I've been alive, 
they learn too when other people ask them questions um, and explaining something helps that team get better as well. Uh, and I think that's just really important to me. Like I, someone asked me to explain why I did what I did mm -hmm. and I can't explain it. Or like, Oh, I just learned something about that. Like I got to figure that out. Um, and that's helping me too. That's awesome, Jake. Thanks so much for being on the program. We appreciate it. All the best to you and Sandpipers this summer. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Dan. Uh, we'll be around. Thanks, Jake.